Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious weekend in the state of Texas. Hope you're enjoying the fall weather, whatever it is you're doing. I know that um, depending on how the programming works on this station, we'll either be airing before or after the Baylor game, since this station carries Baylor athletics. And so, But I don't think it's any surprise to anybody in this station that I'm an University of Texas Longhorn fan. So I will be at the game. Uh, rooting on the Longhorns. We'll see how that turns out. But, you know, this show's about faith, family, and freedom. Sometimes it includes football, not just because it stands with an F, but, you know, things that are happening around the state of Texas. But as you know, we work on these policy issues. We work on legal issues. We work in the media. Those are the three arenas where we work on the issues of religious liberty, marriage, and family, and life. And something that has been getting a lot of attention, certainly was for two or three weeks, was the confirmation of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So we're going to do kind of some follow-up on that but also talk about some things that have happened during this week. And, you know, look, uh, the deadline to register to vote was Tuesday. So hope you met the deadline. I did just barely. I'll talk about my connection to that in just a minute. But we're going to go ahead and jump right into the show. We're Facebook Live. If you're watching us live, hello. Comment. Let us know where you are in the state of Texas. Let us know what you're up to. If you like the work we do, go to our website, txvalues.org, to see what we're doing and see more about our work and to get plugged in. But we want to welcome to our show for the first time, and I want to make sure that I'm that your title is correct, that you're the president of the University of the Young Conservatives of Texas of the University of Texas chapter. Correct. Sarab Sarab Sharma. Sharma, thank you. But Sarab, you are leading this organization, University, uh, excuse me, Young Conservatives of Texas at the University of Texas, my alma mater. And there's been a your your group is very active. I spoke to your group before. You volunteered at some of our events. We appreciate that. Many of your members have. And so it's a big campus, though. One of the largest universities in the world, um, enrollment-wise, probably one of the largest universities in the country. And I don't know where they place as far as A&M and the back and forth about how many, how many students are. But there's a lot of kids that go there, uh, close to 50,000, 60,000, whatever the current numbers are. But because of that, probably a lot of opinions, a lot of activity, but a lot of opportunity to share good information with people. And I'm no stranger to controversy on a university campus, okay? When I was a law student at the University of Houston, I sued the university because they were restricting the free speech rights of a pro-life group that I was involved in. And the reason they were doing that is because we wanted to have an event to engage students about important issues. That's what your group was doing recently. And I want you to lay it out for our listeners, but as far from what I could tell, you had a table set up in the West Mall or a certain area of campus where there are a lot of times there's a lot of this free speech activity, if you will. And there were some people on campus that didn't like your message. Talk to us about what happened and uh, and what's happened since then, since it's been a couple of weeks now. Sure thing. So first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, really important that we share the story far and wide about the issues happening at the flagship university of our state. So a couple of weeks ago, my peers and young conservatives of Texas and I uh, started to get really concerned about the national climate surrounding Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation. It was really frustrating to us. And frankly, I'll be very honest, it was farcical what was happening in the national media and from Senate Democrats. And so we looked around and we realized there's not really a lot of activism happening, especially amongst college students when it came to this issue. And, you know, to just pull the 
pull the tarp off of it, the reason is because a lot of college students tend to be very timid about taking a stand on these issues, especially when we're kind of temporally constrained and who knows how it's going to turn out. You know, you never want to be on the losing side. Well, Young Conservatives of Texas has always been very focused on standing on principle. So we decided we were going to host a protest slash rally on the West Mall of the University of Texas uh, in support of Judge Kavanaugh. And uh, we had a bunch of signs that we kind of lovingly created in the uh, at my apartment the previous night, and we just stood out there. And for the first 30 minutes or so, it was relatively peaceful. But then uh, an older gentleman, maybe who was staff or something, came up and started arguing with us very loudly. That attracted a crowd, which attracted a bigger crowd, and eventually just got completely out of hand. Yeah, I watched one of the videos, and... We're talking with Saurabh Sharma, who is the president of the Young Conservatives of Texas of the University of Texas. I finally set all of that together. Um, there was a little bit of traffic this morning that disrupted my morning, so I got in here a little bit later. And so my timing has been off all morning. But anyway, nonetheless, so we're talking with him about an incident that happened at the University of Texas campus. And, you know, look, the West Mall, as they call it, from what I know, historically, an area that's been designated, if you will, that's been reserved or however you want to describe it, it's fairly well known. This is where a lot of this interaction happens between groups. It's really close to the main uh, building, the tower, all that good stuff. And so if you're a student there, if you know anything about the history of the University of Texas, that's where a lot of these interactions play out. So that's not anything new. But it's unfortunate that sometimes people don't like it when people exercise their First Amendment rights. And this has been my experience. I could be wrong. But a lot of times on campuses and some places where, you know, I don't know, there's more liberals or they want to call themselves progressives, where they think there's more of their view, they can get a little bit even more irritated when someone has the nerve, the courage to stand up for something that the majority of the people probably support, but maybe it's a little bit skewed on college campuses. And so sometimes they're just, they think, and this is just my opinion, that maybe if their reaction is very strong, that you'll next time think, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't do that because a lot of people got upset and it caused a lot of controversy where when the the controversy was that people were being disrespectful. And, And at what point, I mean, I want you to describe this a little bit more. There was one woman, a student who took one of your signs and literally took a bite out of it with her mouth. I, mean, I could not. I, and I mean, you know, she was she was out of control. I mean, she just was completely and maybe that's how she usually is. I don't know. But she seemed to have really um, lost her sense of control in this situation and it was ripping up signs. Talk to us about that part of this exchange and interaction because you were right there. She tried to take your sign at one point. Yeah, that's right. So so this was a, a student who actually used to be a member of student government, believe it or not, for two years. In fact, she was part of an attempt two years ago to ban young conservatives of Texas off of UT's campus. Um, that failed spectacularly. So she was actually the first protester that, uh, you know, had the, the nerve to come up and start physically uh, attacking our stuff and taking our property and stuff. And so she came up, uh, ripped the signs out of uh, two other YCT members, and um, at one point, uh, one of those signs, you know, hit uh, my vice chairman Lillian Bonin, who also um, is good friends with Texas Values, in the eye. Um, but also, when she, they were made of this. Um, foam board. And so they weren't particularly easy to tear up. And that was by design. Um, so in her frustration, she leans in and takes a bite out of it to try and and tear it up. And that's led to the most entertaining, you know, gif that we've ever been able to create as a club. Um, but it, I, my heart does go out to her because she was clearly part of a deranged mob at that point. Um, 
And then eventually she emboldened other people to engage in similar actions throughout the rest of the day. And, you know, you were mentioning earlier about how progressives, when they're in large enough numbers, they can feel emboldened to take, you know, this sort of direct action against people who have opposing viewpoints. That's the word they like to use, direct action. Well, we've seen that in the in the fallout of the event since. Myself, as well as dozens of young conservatives of Texas members have been doxxed. That is our personal information, phone numbers, email addresses, majors, all sorts of stuff. Employers have been leaked online, and those are being disseminated in an attempt to get us fired from our jobs, to harass us with threatening phone calls, emails. So this is very much, you know, the, the classic uh, fact pattern we see when leftists see uh, opinions they don't like on campus. Well, so the outcome of overall of this issue was Justice Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court. He's our newest justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. And this was, I don't know, maybe a week, three or four days before the final vote. There was a lot of attention on this issue, not just at the University of Texas campus, but throughout the country, if not the world to some degree. Okay, everyone, if you will, was watching. A lot of people were watching a lot of attention. Emotions were high. Um, You know, we we saw a spirited uh, speech and conversation in response to questions from Justice Brett Kavanaugh himself. We saw this very you know, interesting and and widely watched interview and questioning session with Dr. Ford, the woman that was accusing him and made certainly certain allegations against him. And so, but there was this sense that there was going to be a vote and some people, maybe this, this student, this was part of it. They knew it was, it was probably going to happen and it was inevitable, if you will. But the value of what you're doing, I mean, this is something that, you know, even though I haven't been on the University of Texas campus as a student since 98 when I graduated, nor a law student since 2003, I'm on college campuses quite often, and I still know what it means and the value it is to share that information. A lot of people probably were not aware of some of the information that y'all were sharing, and it could have certainly been valuable. You know, in the as a lawyer myself, in the First Amendment context, what people were doing, it's called a heckler's veto, where people will try to shout and make so much attention to then create something negative. So then government officials will say, oh, your event's controversial. Well, it wasn't that you and the way you were conducting yourself and your members that was problematic. It was the way people were responding. And so whether or not those students were aware of or that was their exact goal, that's what they were doing. And it seems like sometimes you'll see that turn out until people say, oh, well, y'all shouldn't have these events on campus. You know, it is extremely valuable to have that exchange of information. So let's talk about what happened since then. So the video was taken. Several people took a video. It got a lot of attention. At some point, I think the university or some member of the university did respond with a message of, look, you know, we... Um, regularly have people talk about interesting issues, controversial issues, but that doesn't mean that they should be disrespected or harmed. Right. So there were two statements, and I think it's really important to lay out how this happened chronologically. So very soon after the event, there was a statement released by Leonard Moore. He's the vice president of diversity and community engagement. This is the big diversity bureaucracy at UT that stands at 94 paid full-time people strong. That's over $6 million of taxpayer money being spent on that every year and over $11 million total. So he came out with a statement that said, well, free speech was exercised on both sides. It was great. Everything's fine. And when I read that, I was like, okay, that's that's fine. And then I took a close look and I said, wait a second. He's making a moral equivalence between us who are peacefully advocating our point of view. Never a harsh word came out of our mouths. We were, you know, peaceful, respectful to the to counter protesters and just had signs. And the people who violently tore up our property, stole it and screamed at us and were hurling expletives the entire time. 
that's not morally equivalent, certainly not the violent parts of it. So that was immensely frustrating. And we, we put more pressure on the university to be better about that. And a couple of days ago, there was a better statement released by the dean of students, uh, uh, Dr. Reagan's Lilly, uh, that made a, a much um, clearer stance against this. She said, look, free speech is going to happen on college campuses. Um, and we accept, you know, spirited debate on both sides. But two things are unacce- uh, unacceptable. One, our um, is stealing a property, and the second is violence. That will not stand at the University of Texas. So that was much more encouraging. Now, whether or not the university is going to take action against the people who were violent at this last protest is up to be determined, and how they react next time, because it's very easy to make a statement like this, but the rubber is going to meet the road the next time that YCT, and I promise this will be sooner rather than later, decides to take a stand on principle on campus again, and, and we'll see how they react. Well, we're talking with Saurabh Sharma, who is the president of the university, excuse me, the Young Conservatives of Texas at the University of Texas. When I say that first word, I want to say university, even though I know it's it starts with a Y. And so I did graduate from the University of Texas. OK, so I did get my degree. I think I learned something there if I didn't learn how to pronounce certain words. But I appreciate your insight on that. And, you know, to your credit, following up and saying that first thing the University of Texas did did, was not up to what should have been and, and expected. But then at some point they did eventually put out a statement that seemed to address the issue in a proper way. And I don't know what kind of attention they were getting. I mean, the video was getting a lot of attention. I saw a lot of kind of national news people or pundits, if you will, that were sharing it around. So I would imagine that the university was starting to get some blowback to some point or some criticism. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if some of the regents, some of the state House and Senate members, maybe the governor and so on, saw it as well. It was getting a lot of attention. Yes. State Senator Paul Betancourt, who is uh, the state senator from Houston, a very strong conservative, you know, taxpayer champion. decided to call the uh, the uh, president of UT, Greg Fenves, as well as the UT chancellor and make it clear to them that it was unacceptable that we did not have adequate security protecting our safety and our ability to speak. And turns out, so we did that protest last Tuesday. On that Wednesday, we had our regularly scheduled general meeting and the university sent over 15 police officers to monitor <laughs> that to make oh sure that there was no uh, violation of, of safety. Were there uh, any attempts? Uh, there was one uh, protester who, uh, you know, halfway through the speech uh, that was that our speaker was giving, you know, got up and started screaming that we were, you know, rape apologists or something like that. Um, the university gave her three chances to sit back down, at which point uh, the police removed her from the room. And who was your guest speaker? It was Carrie Cheshire and Michael Quinn Sullivan from right, Power Texans. Right. No strangers to um, what should I say um, to interesting events. That draw a lot of attention. Uh, so, uh, Carrie and, and Michael, also uh, Texas A&M graduates. But, hey, we welcome Aggies on the University of Texas campus. It's unfortunate. No one's uh, perfect. <laughs> so, I did see some some commentary about that and some footage of that. Fifteen officers. Uh, you know, look, that is, you know, okay, maybe we'll acknowledge that the university was trying to make sure that your rights were protected. You know, it shouldn't take 15 officers, though, in order for groups to be able to have events. But look, we've seen things happen, whether it's people like Ben Shapiro and others that attempt to to talk on campus. Ryan Anderson has gotten some negative attention sometimes that are really, and and these figures, I have been to many of their speeches. We hosted an event with Ryan Anderson one time. I mean, it's not like they do anything 
that I mean, they're not, you know, physically imposing type of people. I've never met Ben Shapiro in person. I'm just saying it's not that they're doing anything that they come in with like a baseball bat or something that, you know, they're just giving a speech. And so, but it seems that it's the content. It's the fact that they dare share certain information. And a lot of times the information is so, I mean, it's solid, it's incredible, and you're not going to get anywhere, anywhere, any other place else or to that degree or have someone have that type of background. Sometimes there'll be good stats and just anecdotal things that people aren't aware of. And, um, and they're thought-provoking. And that's what we're supposed to be doing on campus to some degree, right? Students are supposed to be maybe challenged a little bit. Um, think a little bit more deeply about things and maybe or, or consider other views or all aspects of things. And so I, I appreciate the value of all that, but I also appreciate the role that you're in and the organization's in for giving students an opportunity to talk about these things, not just having an opinion, but saying, hey, let's let's have a discussion here. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, Jonathan. So on this specific issue, I think it was incredibly critical for college students, conservative and libertarian college students across the country to take a stand because, and, and they did, uh, we led the nation with doing an event like this. And after us, about a dozen schools by my counting did the same and had similar reactions. But the ethic that the Senate Democrats were emulating, the idea that you can make uh, accusations without evidence and have someone's life ruined over it, that started on the college campus. One of our signs said, no campus kangaroo courts in Congress. I was very proud of it. It was nice alliteration. But, But we realized that all of this happening on the national stage, it started at the college campus and it started because conservatives ignored the college campus. And so we thought it was really critical to bring that fight back there. And you could see by the by the reaction that that ethic has instantiated itself completely into the campus culture. And we have to fight to pull it back because the rule of law is one of the few pillars of society that the Democrats haven't done significant damage to yet. And I'm worried that after this hearing uh, with Judge Brett Kavanaugh that they have. And so it's really critical that we take a stand on that. Well, and what's interesting, too, is while, you know, look, Justice Brett Kavanaugh was nominated by a Republican president. I mean, there's a, you know, a partisan aspect to this. But your organization, while it's conservative, it's not Republican in name or directly in function, if you will. The, the, a role on the U.S. Supreme Court is not a political position where we go and vote, even though, you know, my point with it, this being a Republican president, they're the ones that get to choose. And then you have Republicans and Democrats that take votes on this in the Senate. My point is the position itself in the issue was not necessarily a um, partisan or a political issue. It's not like there was an issue of maybe uh, the pro-life issue or religious liberty or something of that nature. It was about a seat on the the U.S. Supreme Court and about the you know how we respond or how we navigate when allegations are come and someone says that they're not true. The standard, the rule of law that you're talking about. And so I imagine that there are some people, whether they found themselves on one in one political camp or the other, might have seen a larger issue here going on in a larger principle that we all should be mindful of. I think that's right. And, you know, if you look at movement conservatives, they weren't 
particularly enthused about Judge Kavanaugh. He was perfectly fine, but it wasn't, you know, he, he, he was the judicial equivalent of a tall glass of lukewarm milk. It wasn't really the most exciting nominee in the history of the world. What got us fired up was seeing a clear injustice being done to a good man, a man who leads a life that many of us would like to live, you know, one of family, one of faith, and one of uh, doing good for your country. That's that's an ethic that I certainly try and aspire to, and, and I hope other people do. And so it was never about the specifics about his judicial philosophy. We could take or leave that. It was about the how, how society should conduct itself when allegations like this come up. And, and it's so critical that we do have that presumption of innocence uh, before guilt. And, and unfortunately, what shouldn't have been a partisan process became one. Well, and it reminds me, speaking of his faith, a verse from the Bible that I reflect on and communicate to people quite often. Proverbs eighteen seventeen tells us that he who presents his case first seems right until someone steps forth to challenge him. And that's what we saw play out in this situation. Here were allegations. Judge Brett Kavanaugh responded. Your, your group was on campus saying, hey, I know this is what maybe a lot of students have heard, but have you considered this? Have you thought about that? Very influential. All right, we just got a couple of minutes left on the show and I would like for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, all right? Really important, the role that you're in, the work that you're doing, but you're a student at the University of Texas. What else do we need to know about you? Sure. So uh, I've lived actually all over the United States. So I only moved to Texas in the last two years of high school. Uh, before that, I had lived, you know, Lexington, Albuquerque, L.A., Seattle, Atlanta. And then we actually moved back to India for three years, uh, at which point we returned and, and we moved to Allen, which is in the North Dallas area. And I fell in love with Texas there. I mean, I, I've lived in a lot of places and, you know, I, I skipped a grade when I was younger. So I was always the shortest and youngest kid in the class. And I was a little bit annoying and a little too smart <laughs> for my own good. So I was bullied mercilessly growing up. But I'll tell you what, um, the kids that you know, I went to school with in Allen, Texas. I never heard a harsh word from them. They were the kindest people that I'd ever met in my entire life. And so I fell in love with the, the people of Texas. And when I moved to, to Austin to go to UT, I, I was originally planning to become a doctor, you know, a biochemistry major. But uh, as I became politically conservative, you know, more overtly, so I always had sort of conservative tendencies, I decided to get involved. And so I got involved with the Young Conservatives of Texas and then proceeded to take my sophomore, uh, sophomore year, second semester off completely from school and work in the Texas legislature for state senator, then state senator Van Taylor and uh, soon to be congressman. And that that just completely cemented my my uh, political involvement. And since then, I've I've made it my life's goal to to ensure that Texas gets to stay Texas. And so uh, I, I'm a big believer that when an institution gives a lot to you, it's your responsibility to give back to that institution. So Young Conservatives of Texas gave me not only my career trajectory, but it gave me friends and and uh, even romantic partners that I'm, I'm, I'm treasuring uh, and I will treasure for the rest of my life. And, and so... Um, I have to give back to the Young Conservatives of Texas, and that's why I'm honored to serve as its leader. And and likewise, when it comes to the state of Texas, you know, the state of Texas has given me an unbelievable opportunity. And so I've made it, you know, something I really believe in to, to serve Texas. And, you know, Young Conservatives of Texas, a little bit unique as a student organization, they're more involved with their own state and the state's politics than most student conservative groups. You know, you have groups like Young America's Foundation and, and Turning Point USA, they tend to mainly be focused on national politics, whereas Young Conservatives of Texas, you know, in 1981, when we were founded, we were founded ex 
explicitly for the purpose of being involved in Texas primaries and, you know, the, the hard politics of the state, you know, pulling it to the right, more more faith, more family and more freedom. Um, Let me inter- interrupt you real quick. We're talking with Sarab Sharma, who is the president of the uni- Young Conservatives of Texas at the University of Texas. And I believe the founder of YCT is now working in the White House. That's right. So Steve Ministeri, who did found uh, YCT in 1981, along with uh, some other names you may have heard of, you know, when I hear Senator Rand Paul, uh, what comes to mind is not the the junior senator from Kentucky, but actually the founding chairman of the Baylor YCT chapter, believe it or not. No, that's fascinating. Well, it's good to hear a little bit about your background, you know, uh, because a lot there'll be a lot of focus on this issue in and rightly so. And, and there's importance to it. And I, and I know you'll you'll do things moving forward. But a lot of times it's good when we sit down to get to know people a little bit more about their background, what they did before they got into this work. And, you know, look, the responsibility of getting involved in civics, getting involved in government, it's hard to not think about that at the University of Texas because you're so close to the Capitol. I know when I was a student there, I was a government minor, sociology major, and I spent a semester at the Capitol, too, interning for a Texas House member. Tremendous experience that, you know, this is a work that I do every session now. I'm over at the Capitol and little did I know then that it would have an impact on that, but certainly it was an interest that I had. And that's the opportunity you get when you're at the, as you said, the flagship University that's of right. Texas. So a little plug for my Longhorns there. But look, I really appreciated the conversation and I'm interested in what your group continues to do. I know y'all have invited us over to speak before. Um, you and several members of your group have been so gracious to volunteer at our events. It is a goal of ours to continue to find ways to empower young people to get them involved in these issues and not feel like, oh, you just have to be a lawyer. You have to run for office. There's so many meaningful things that you can do as a college student. So if you're interested in interning for Texas Values, we are starting to take a look at resumes for the upcoming legislative session. You want to start working before then. Let us know because we want to have good people part of the work we're doing, and we're going to need that help during the Texas legislative session. So Sharab Sharma has been our guest today, the president of the uh, Young Conservatives of Texas of the University of Texas. Sharab, thanks for being our guest. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, we're going to wrap up here, and I'm going to do a little plug in our last minute. We are halfway through the month, and we are a nonprofit organization. So if you can donate to us at txvalues.org, we'd love to have that tax-deductible donation for you from you. That's how we continue to do the work that we do. We're closing in on getting close to a million dollars in our budget. We've never been at that point before. But look, it is not just an amount. It's the ability to put good people in place to do the work we do for faith, family, and freedom. Professionals, people with law degrees, with master's degrees, with undergraduate degrees, to have the resources to have an office so we can have good college students like Sharab and others that want to do work with us so we can have a place for them to work and also interact. So go to TXValues.org. Our gala is coming up this year, November 17th in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. November 17th is a Saturday. Michelle Bachman will be our keynote speaker. Kelly Shackleford will be there. So will Kirby Anderson, the talk show host of Point of View Radio. That wraps it up for this week's Texas Values Report, and we'll talk to you next week about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.